Welcome to another edition of the Truth Hurts program. Let's get started. Yes, indeedly doodly, boys and girls, it is indeed Friday, December the 10th, 2021, and this here is the Truth Hurts Program with your host, Steve Z. I intend to have a little fun on this edition of the Truth Hurts Program, so I thought I'd start out with an article out of Newsweek magazine, how Donald Trump could become Speaker of the House without even running for office. Yes, folks, if you wanted a good laugh, take a listen to the next few minutes. Former President Donald Trump could have a reason to return to Washington, D.C. before 2024 if Republicans win big in the midterm elections in 2022. They could choose for him to be the leader of the House of Representatives. Actually, he could become Speaker of the House. Republican Representative Matt Gates of Florida reignited chatter about Trump becoming Speaker of the House if Republicans reclaim the chamber in the midterms. He told reporters he's spoken with the Donald about the possibility. Now, historically, the Speaker of the House has been a member of Congress, but the majority party can pick whoever they want. They could actually pick Jussie Smollett if they wanted to, but they've already got right now the Democrats a lying, cheating, scamming piece of crap as the Speaker of the House. So putting Jussie Smollett in there would just add a little color and gayness to the position. Theoretically, Republicans could choose to put Donald Trump in the Speaker's chair with a simple majority vote. Now, Trump's been non-committal to the idea. It's possible he wouldn't even want the position if it was offered to him. But how cool would that be? Trump told Real America's Voice, David Brody, that becoming Speaker of the House was not something I would have considered. He acknowledged there was talk about him taking over the position. He later told host Wayne Allen Root that it's very interesting. Back in October, Liz Harrington, a spokesman for Trump, all but put the kibosh on the idea, telling NPR it's nothing Mr. Trump is thinking about. Although she pointed to the chatter about him becoming speaker, and so at least the thought is in his head. For Republicans to put Donald Trump in the speaker's chair, they have to retake control of the House in 2022. And that's pretty likely going to happen, especially if they focus their message on what a crappy job the current administration and the current Democrat control of both houses of Congress have had on our country. The negative effect, the high inflation, the uncontrolled, unfettered, illegal immigration invasion at our southern border, the gross mishandling of our withdrawal from Afghanistan. Oh, Biden wants to tell everybody he is pro-democracy, but he let a democracy fall on his watch, and he allowed 13 service members to get brutally murdered as he left hundreds, if not thousands, of Americans and American supporters behind enemy lines in Afghanistan. Not to mention high, high gasoline and heating oil prices, 
high fuel costs around the country, high costs of everything from food to electronics to furniture to games. That's right. One of the most expensive Christmases on record as adjusted for inflation. Thank you, gropey Joe Biden. How about him killing thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of jobs in the oil, the natural gas, and the coal industries? He shut down pipelines. We're no longer dependent on ourselves for energy. We're now once again dependent upon OPEC. Thank you, gropey Joe Biden. We were energy independent under the previous president. Back to Matt Gates. He told reporters Tuesday that he spoke to Trump about becoming speaker, but he wouldn't elaborate on what was said because he keeps his conversations private. However, Gates had unequivocally, unequivocally supported the idea. Can you just imagine Nancy Pelosi having to hand the gavel over to Donald Trump? She didn't like January 6th. The guy was sitting in her chair in her office. She's sure in hell not going to like seeing Donald Trump sitting in her chair. Of course, she's a vindictive old hag. She'll probably put a thumbtack in her chair for Donald to sit on. Becoming Speaker of the House would indeed return Trump to Washington, D.C.'s spotlight. It could afford him the opportunity to preside over an impeachment of Joe Biden if Republicans sought to oust Joe Biden from office. It would also put more work on the former president's plate. You see, the Speaker of the House is responsible for conducting business on the House floor, appointing members to committees, sending bills to committees, signing bills, and resolutions that pass. In modern-day politics, the Speaker often takes on the responsibility of unifying party members, negotiating compromises to pass legislation, and helping to move the President's policy agenda forward. No, only when you're in the same political party as the sitting President. Trust me. There was absolutely no willingness on the part of naughty, nasty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi to try and move the President Donald Trump's agenda forward. This article, as with many mainstream liberal leftist progressive media articles, is written with that bias in mind. While some of the responsibilities could be pushed onto whoever the House Minority Leader is, Trump would likely have to shoulder many of those tasks, and if he's seriously considering a run for 2024 presidency, it could cut into the time he would be available to spend on the campaign trail. I disagree. I think if he were the Speaker of the House, he would have a daily spotlight right there. Free campaigning. You don't think nasty, naughty, Nazi Nancy Pelosi doesn't take time off from her speakership to campaign for re-election? You know she does. Now, regardless of whether or not Donald Trump intends to accept an offer to become the Speaker, Donald Trump's committed to being a powerful force in the 2022 midterms in the hopes of helping Republicans to retake control of Congress in a major way. Just as he plans to endorse people in the midterms, it's possible he could make his own thoughts about who should take over as the Speaker of the House as well. Over the summer, House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy said he's had numerous conversations with Trump, who he says he wants him to become Speaker of the House. McCarthy has backed Trump in running for president again in 2024. Can you just imagine it, folks? Remember how nasty Nazi Pelosi tore up the State of the Union address because she was a whiny, crybaby little bitch? Oh, wah. <laughs> Donald Trump gave a speech that made lots of sense. I'm going to be a baby and tear it up. Imagine what she's going to do when she has to hand the gavel 
over to Donald Trump as Speaker of the House. Something else to put on the resume. I'm sure he'd be the first Speaker of the House to ever be a former president. And perhaps, nah, no offense, Donald. I don't think you'd make a good Supreme Court justice. Certainly, you'd be as qualified for that position as Barack Hussein Obama. And let us hope that that never happens. This is the Truth Hurts program. The White House is now bracing for another U.S. inflation surge, according to AFP. With the government set to release data expected to show U.S. prices rising even higher at an even faster rate, your president, gropey Joe Biden, is attempting to downplay the reading and highlight recent improvements that he claims have occurred and were not captured in the report. Listen, Joe Biden, I want to give you this little piece of advice. Quit trying to play the numbers. Even the stupidest American who voted for you, the dumbest, ignorant, most ignorant American who voted for you, gropey Joe Biden, is feeling the damaging effects of your economic policies in his or her wallet. It is Friday. It is the 10th day of December 2021. And today, the Labor Department will present its November report on consumer prices, which experts and analysts expect will show inflation accelerated from its 30-year high in the 12 months that ended in October. The inflation wave is a political liability for gropey, mopey, dopey Joe Biden, whose public approval ratings have sunk faster than prices have spiked, if you can imagine that. Republican opposition has, will, and should continue to use it to argue against gropey Joe Biden's piss-poor economic policies. The president attempted to get ahead of the data, releasing an unusual statement yesterday. He says, The report will not encompass recent deadlines, declines in price of energy-used cars, two main drivers of high inflation rates seen this year. Really, Joe Biden? Car prices have not come down. Not at all. They've gone up. I just read the report in the previous segment. Automotive prices are at an all-time record high for the last two months, three months, five months. Biden's claiming that gasoline prices have become lower nationally and that that occurred since this data on inflation was collected. Guess what? A penny drop at the pump over three months after you have doubled the price of gasoline and diesel from your poor economic decisions is nothing, gropey Joe Biden. Even the stupidest, dumbest, most uneducated, ignorant person who voted for you, gropey Joe Biden, is paying double this year what they paid last year to put a gallon of unleaded fuel in their car. And if it's a new car that they bought this year, they're paying 19% more for that car than they did during the last year of Donald Trump's presidency. 20% higher on average nationwide. Over 19% higher in your time in office than the same time last year under Donald Trump. Oh my God, but people will still continue to support this clown. Gropey Joe Biden said, the information being released tomorrow on energy in November does not reflect today's reality. 
does not reflect expected price decreases in the weeks and months ahead, such as in auto and auto market. Really? Really? In your lifetime, have you ever seen car prices go down? Ever? My dad bought a fully loaded Chevy Impala Caprice, whatever the hell it was called, in 1968 for $2,300. And it had automatic transmission, air conditioning, power steering, power brakes, I think an AM radio, but that was 1960s, late 1968. Five years later, he bought a brand new Chevrolet Impala Caprice, whatever you want to call it, with all the same features, big V8 engine, whole bit, and he paid $39.99. And then it went up and up and up every year, but not 20%, not 20% in one year, like has been done under gropey Joe Biden's watch. Republicans, of course, now have ammunition to use against the build back better joke which will spend a minimum of $1.8 trillion, supposedly improving social services, supposedly fighting climate change, it faces a very tough road ahead. Prices have risen this year in the world's largest economy due to one reason and one reason only, the poor economic decisions of gropey Joe Biden Camel Toe Harris, Nasty Nazi Pelosi, Chuckles the Clown Schumer, Ancient Janet Yellen at the Treasury Department, Jerome Powell at the Fed. But these articles tend to try to shield the president. He's fighting a losing battle. Of course, he's trying to make fighting inflation a top priority since last month after the government reported the consumer price index increased by 6.2% compared to the same month last year under Donald Trump's president, and that was the sharpest annual increase in almost 31 years. You saw it, I saw it, everyone in America saw it coming. How do you shut down an economy for a man-made virus that your boy, Fuchi, engineered, orchestrated, and likely spread, whether accidentally or on purpose, shut down an entire economy, teach people that they can live with a little bit less in their pockets, giving the American nation a lower standard of living in gropey Joe Biden's first year in office than they had seen in decades. Then pay them scraps, crumbs, pay them a little bit to stay home, teach them that staying home is pretty cool. Why go back to work? And now bitch and complain because they're not going back to work. This all surprised analysts and gave Republicans ammunition to use against the Build Back Better plan, which will be probably more like $5 trillion. Prices have risen this year for goods, for services, shortages of workers, shortages of chips and components. All of this has direct connection to gropey Joe Biden. But the media is trying their best to shift the blame away from him. Now, economists predict that the consumer price index increases will slow slightly compared to the month before, but the year-on-year -year increase will be higher than in October. The degree to which Biden deserves the blame for the inflation spike is the subject of debate in Democrat circles, but in the Republican side of the aisle, we all know this is all Biden's doing. 
They fear the negative political fallout of the impact of higher inflation on households. They're trying to defer the blame on what they're calling special factors. Those special factors were created and perpetuated by Gropey Joe Biden. The White House argues its actions have helped get the country back on its feet after last year's economic collapse. Wrong. The steady declines in unemployment rate are simply people whose businesses finally reopened after they said enough is enough. You can't keep us locked down forever, Gropey Joe. Some of the high inflation readings have come directly due to price increases on commodities like oil and gasoline. If you remember, those industries were shuttered by Gropey Joe Biden and his executive orders. Gasoline prices are higher. And of course, the prices of automobile, computer, electronics, and furniture. This is all you're doing, Gropey Joe Biden. The price increases have not reached their quest. They have not reached their peak. They will continue. And don't let the media and the Democrats try and divert your attention away from the fact that all of this is directly the result of Joe Biden's economic policies. This is the Truth Hurts program. Once upon a time, a man was convicted of a hate crime because he painted over a Black Lives Matter related mural of a criminal thug animal named George Floyd. Convicted of hate crime, convicted of destruction of property because he defaced art. Well, my friends, a Robert E. Lee statue has been torn down in Charlottesville, Virginia. A work of art, an artisan spent lots and lots of time crafting and creating this wonderful, magnificent tribute to Robert E. Lee, an American war hero. But the Charlottesville City Council members made a motion to remove the statue after that Unite the Right rally that occurred in 2017 where some maniac went driving through there with his car and might have killed a double-A 13% hyphenated minority or two. They're going to melt down the statue and they're going to turn it into art according to officials in the city. They're going to melt down this piece of artwork. Of course, they'd also already removed the famous Stonewall Jackson statue riding on his horse as well. They're going to melt these things down. They're going to turn them into art. You see, the Lee statue was donated by the city to the Jefferson School African American Heritage Center. And their Swords to Plowshares program endeavors to rid communities of the so-called toxicity of the past. They're hoping to create something that transforms what they call toxic in a public space into something beautiful that can be more reflective of their entire community's social values. But what they fail to realize is they have irreparably harmed and permanently destroyed a piece of artwork that did not bother the entire population of that town. Supposedly, $590,000 has been raised for the center's forthcoming artwork piece that will replace the statue of Robert E. Lee. 
think about it. One guy gets criminally charged for defacing a mural of a thug, criminal, animal. And yet here's a city that is doing its best to destroy art, to destroy history, to please 13% of the community, the minority, double A, hyphenated American minority. This should be criminal activity. But since it was enacted by the city council, that criminal activity simply is now being praised. This is the Truth Hurts program. Do you guys recall that the New York Slimes and the Washington Compost won Pulitzer Prize in national reporting for their outright lies, their inaccurate coverage of Russia's alleged collaboration with the Trump campaign to interfere with the 2016 election, which we all now know was a complete, utter hoax, a lie, and fake news of the highest order? A question came out today. Are those newspapers now going to return the Pulitzer Prizes? If this sounds familiar, it should. It's not the first time the prize, which is supposed to recognize outstanding achievement in public service and journalism, was awarded for misleading and discredited coverage. Way back in 1931, the New York Slimes published 13 articles by its Moscow reporter and communist sympathizer, Warren Duranty. Those reports praised the Soviet Union and Joseph Stalin's dictatorship government. Those articles relied solely on official Soviet communist sources and ignored the evidence contradicting the government's propaganda. They covered up the genocide that Stalin was committing in the Ukraine. Imagine that. Durante's work was explicitly and knowingly misleading. Columbia University history professor Mark Von Hagen said back in 2003 that Durante was a disgrace in the history of the New York Times. Throughout that series, Durante glorified Stalin's policies and peddled Soviet propaganda right there on the pages of the newspaper. He rejected reports by fellow journalists describing the catastrophic consequences of the collectivization and the human rights, human rights atrocities over there in the Ukraine. Because of the Ukrainian rebellion, Stalin purposefully set unrealistic grain quotas. When farmers failed to meet the quotas, Stalin confiscated all the grain and all the food produced in that region. By 1933, that Stalin-caused man-made famine killed many Ukrainians who starved to death. Some Ukrainians even resorted to cannibalism, according to the reports. And despite the overwhelming evidence of mass starvation in the Ukraine, Durante denied that it was occurring. He says conditions are bad, but there's no famine. His reaction to the forced collectivization and genocidal policies of Stalin was, to put it brutally, you can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. And now the same newspaper was doing the same exact thing. Misinformation, disinformation, out and out lies, all of which have been disproven. The Mueller investigation, the Senate Intelligence Committee, and others have affirmed that there was absolutely zero evidence that Donald Trump or his staff ever conspired with the Russian government to have any impact on the 2016 election, which Donald Trump won and Hillary Clinton lost. Special Counsel John Durham is now indicting some of those who were involved in creating what amounted to the largest political hoax I think, in American history. Certainly one that dogged the Trump administration 
for the entirety of his presidency and likely helped cause his defeat in 2020. Not only should the Pulitzer Prize be returned, the New York Slimes, the Washington Post, who were not only complicit, but very instrumental in orchestrating the entire Russia hoax, should be prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law. I know that now, almost a full year into the Biden presidency, there is no mechanism in our government for a do-over, a re-election of sorts. But I think if all of the facts came out, Donald Trump would have indeed handily beaten Joe Biden, especially if he took all of the election fraud out of the equation. But here we are, and now we have the midterms to look forward to, and hopefully 2024, we can do something. Something to get rid of gropey Joe Biden, camel toe Harris, naughty, nasty Nazi Nancy Pelosi, chuckles the clown Schumer, and others. We'll be right back. And from time to time, I like to report on the strange, odd news that you don't hear on the mainstream media. This one is talk about giving the cold shoulder to someone. A man in Italy who wanted proof of vaccination but did not want to get the shot attempted to trick medical workers by using a fake arm, according to a local nurse. Filippa Bua is a nurse in the city of Biel. She said she first noticed something was amiss when she rolled up the sleeve. She says, when I uncovered the arm, I felt that the skin was cold and agami, and the color was a too light. She told this to the newspaper Corriere della Sera through the Associated Press. She said at first she thought it was an actual prosthetic arm and that he simply offered the wrong arm, but that was not the case. The man was wearing a covering on his torso with two rubber foam arms attached. The man ultimately admitted that his goal had been to obtain a COVID-19 vaccine certificate without actually receiving the shot in his real body. Italy mandated venues like bars, restaurants, and theaters will require what they call a super green pass that proves the holder has either been vaccinated or has had the illness and recovered. According to the Times, the man who is a dentist also needs that proof of vaccination in order to continue working. His actions received condemnation from officials and the president of the Piedmont regional government called the attempt at deception an offense to the region's healthcare system. And the dentist is likely to face charges. <laughs> ah, what can you do, my friends? What can you do? Well, here's an article you just have to read. Sex toy sponsorship was too racy for the curling crowd. And as a result, some broadcasters canceled their live stream of a curling tournament that will determine the final spot in the Beijing Olympics. A Dutch sex toy company's attempt to reach fans of the wholesome sport of curling led some broadcasters to cancel their live stream of a tourney that will help determine the final spots in the Beijing Olympics. Local organizers of the Olympic qualification event in the Netherlands said they were told that the on-ice ads with the Easy Toys name and non-explicit logo were too much for a U.S. audience. Dutch media reported the live stream was also canceled in Japan. Dagmar van Stiput told the Associated Press, I am not the right man to have an opinion of what is normal in which country. 
I think they're also surprised, but it is best to ask them. USA Curling tweeted on Sunday that video of the Americans opening round match was not available due to an unforeseen sponsorship conflict with the local organizing committee and NBC was working with organizers on a solution. NBC did not immediately respond to a question seeking an explanation for their decision. Easy Toys, a sexual paraphernalia website that billed itself as the market leader in the Netherlands and Belgium, could not be reached for comment. While the bulk of the men's, women's, and mixed doubles Olympic curling fields have already been filled, this tournament to determine the final spots in Beijing began on Sunday at a town about 90 miles north of Amsterdam. Fourteen teams, including American pair Chris Plies and Vicky Persinger, were competing in the final two co-ed berths for the Winter Games. But Americans, who were desperate to see a large item sliding across the ice, saw the live stream of the World Curling Federation website with a message that the broadcast was suspended. In videos tweeted by the WCF and elsewhere, the Easy Toy ad could easily be seen in four spots right there on the ice, and its name was printed along the line that determines where curlers must let go of the stone, that line known as the hog line. And that's your strange news for today. That's about all the time we have for this edition of the Truth Hurts program for your Friday, December the 10th, 2021. Make it a great day, and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Truth Hurts program with Steve Z. Opinions expressed are free speech protected under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics.